Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. and welcome to what may be an occasional series subject to whim, availability and what either of us fancy doing. Yeah. What you thought were finished, but much like Jason Voorhees, we're back. Deep within the archive, finally found something new. Yeah, theoretically we should wait until one of us dies before we release this. By the way I'm feeling right now, that might be dumber. <laughs> right, this episode we're going to be looking at Once Upon a Time. A uh, Rumpole, Mr. Gold Heavy episode. Robert Carlyle, of course. Uh, one of the main reasons we're doing this is because a few times on Twitter we was asked to actually do a full Once Upon a Time podcast. That was a bit beyond... Well, there's no way you're getting me on a full podcast ever again. <laughs> but I don't mind doing the odd recording. And this is going to be it. We'll drag you in as a guest some point around season four. Because <laughs> I, I did ask, Mike. Yes, Promote your podcast. Yeah, I, I need to... Yeah, that's what Naughty said to me. He said, oh, I'll play a promo. And I'm like, note to self, record promo. <laughs> you remember that back in the... Oh, yeah, promos. Babylon 5 cast. Babylon5cast.co.uk well, I said, when I asked Mike, was he interested in guesting an episode? Did he have any episodes he fancied? The response was a single word. <laughs> no. Quite definitive, no. Make it clear. Don't rely on me to do anything. Not to self do what I do. I have tried to be you. I do little potted biographies and other things that people have appeared in and other episodes with the same title. I will shamelessly rip off your research stuff. Well, it's not as if I invented it. Uh, as we said, once upon a time, this episode is skin deep. We are going to be watching the region. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a. I think I think I ripped it off the Blu-ray. So it's a runtime of forty-three minutes and three seconds. We are staring at a black screen. As you recall, the introduction to Once Upon a Time is rather shorter than we used to <laughs> on traditional television. Five seconds. Yeah, about that. So a lot of the stuff we might have done in the grand old days on the Gatecast we won't be bothering. We're kind of slipping bits of inf- information in every now and again when maybe uh, action on screen gets a little low. We will be spoiling the series, obviously. We're not going to limit ourselves just to the first half of season one. That'd be a bit ridiculous. Nearly six full seasons to be talking about, but Alan says he's a few episodes behind the current release, so we're not going to go too deep into season six. But obviously, as anybody who's listening to this and knows Once Upon a Time, Rumpel, well, he's as deep in season six as any other. Pretty much the the lifeblood of uh, Once Upon a Time, more so, I think, than Emma or Regina. I kind of wonder, is Rumpel Orlando? I would say so, yes. Yeah. You dig deep enough, he's a very conflicted soul. Yes, but he's also... It's something I pointed out to Steve about Babylon 5. I'm sure you're aware of this, but many people aren't. As you go through the seasons, they altered Lando's costume. They took out a lot of the brighter colours and replaced them with darker panels. So he starts off in season 1 and there's a lot of pinks and purples. And as you go through, it gradually fades until the costume is essentially monochrome, black with occasionally white highlights. I said to Steve, Steve, you're not saying much in regards to the thing. He's, seen, he's only seen to the end of season two. So he's still exploring. He just got season three DVDs because he's not prepared to wait. We did Soul Hunter with W. Morgan Shepard. Yeah. Who was also played war leader Jitesh in season two, episode 20. And, according to Steve, played the madman that was looking for the void that swallowed chips in Voyager. I don't know Voyager that well. I remember him because I recognise the voice because he's got such a distinctive voice. He played the elder Canton character in the Doctor Who series of episodes leading up to the Pandorica. You can stare mournfully at the window all you want. You're not getting out. A cat moment. You've missed cat moments. (laughs) It's not really a cat moment in the year of something breaking and things being thrown about and come here, yeah, but... (laughs) So, as Terry said, most cats have the names we give them, and then they have the actual names, which are something along the lines of, yeah, get out of here, you bugger, ow! <laughs> okay then, folks, let's get this episode started. Oh, no, you bloody well don't. There we go. She hopped up on the desk. 
I'm impressed that she actually managed to hop up on the desk, but clearly the call of the window was too great to resist. Freedom. Yeah. Problem is, freedom's at ten foot above ground and it's concrete. I think she's in a kind of... I go up here now, how do I get down? Okay, so... Shall I count down? Yes, why not? Call me. Coxie. Oxie. Clicky. Right then, oh, here we go. Straight into your credit sequence, not easy. Yeah. And I've always liked the way they've thrown in these little... Hints? Yeah, the little yeah. every time it changes. That's why I always make a point of watching it, even if I'm doing something else, because I want to see what they put in. And then I spend the episode trying to figure out. Remember those little pre-teaser sequences in Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. It set you up, it made you think that one thing was going to happen, and then when it actually occurred, it was like, oh, they went in direction with this. Ogres are not men. Right, here we are in a throne room. Emily de Raven. You probably remember her from Roswell. I do anyway. Morris. You might recognise Eric Kinsley's side from SG-1 and Hellcats. Gaston is Sage Brocklebank, SG-1 and Psych. It's him. It has to be him. How could he get past the walls? Open it. Here we go. Oh, nobody's there. Surprise. Well, that was a bit of a letdown. There we go. <laughs> I think he really enjoys playing Rumpel. You sent me a message. Something about, um... Help! Help! We're dying. Can you save us? Always make a good entrance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite clearly off his knocker. Well, that's the beauty of it. The two sides of Rumpel, Gold and, of course, Rumpel Stillskid, the same at the core, but they are so different on the outside. Yeah. We sent you a promise of gold. Ah. Now, you see, um, I, uh, make gold. It's almost Smeagol-like. Yes. With Rumpel as Gollum. My prize is her. No. Fortunately, if you've got the DVD or Blu-ray, you've got a commentary by Robert for this episode. With Jane Espenson as well. Very entertaining commentary. They were talking about how the character of Rumpel came along, why he chose to do these mannerisms and the voice and everything. It's her or no deal. That's it. <laughs> Leave! As you wish. I got a question. Yeah. Given her father... No, wait! ...and her countryman, presumably betrothed to, where did you get the Aussie actor from? Don't worry about that. <laughs> It's a logical question, I just a little question. Anything's possible. I will go with him. I forbid it! No one decides my fate but me. Good girl. Bye-bye, Gaston. Well, six years later, she's aged very well. She has. She doesn't look a lot different from a time on Roswell when she was playing a high school girl. You have my word. Well, obviously. The beast. And you have mine. I will go with you forever. Deal! <laughs> Bell, you cannot do this. Bell, please, you can't go with this. Say it. Beast. <laughs> the expression on his face is priceless. I think he plays this a lot taller. Because when I saw him in train spot 2, I thought, bloody hell, he's short. I know Owen's not exactly a short guy, but. Next to Emil, you know, he obviously is. He's struck. Congratulations on your little war. Yes, the Ogre War, amazing. It's almost as if he set it up. Ah, Game of Thrones. See, Game of Thrones. I didn't. Jane Espenson for you. I've been looking for you, Mr. French. I'll have you money next week. Terms of the loan were fairly specific. Take the van. Ah, do you recognise him? I don't. John DeSantis, the dove. He played a Jafar on Stargate. Huh. Also in Lemony Stickets. I've got a grand in roses in the back. It does make sense to let him sell the roses. Yeah. Then take the money. There is no give or take with Mr. Gold. Mm -hmm. Well, he do <laughs> there's no give, he just take. Yeah. You are the lowest! People aren't going to put up with this! I wouldn't stand in the middle of the street. That could be dangerous. Oh, here we are. Mere Mills, Regina. 
Yep. So with the stick there. Regina Mills is played by Lana Perilla. She was in Boomtown, a few other shows. I was surprised how short her resume is before uh, Once Upon a Time. She's got a face, you think, I've seen her in lots of other stuff. Yes and no. No, we're going to do this now. It'll only take a moment. Is there something you think you did? Something you need to get out in the open? Because it's going to have to wait. Please. Interesting power play between the two of them. Granny and Ruby, Snow White, Charming. No, they look seriously a lot younger. It's great. But she looks about 16. Uh, I can push the tables together if you guys... Oh, no, we're no, not no, together. No. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, Ruby. Ruby. <laughs> well, seriously, don't they look like teenagers in that? They're fresh-faced, aren't they? They're extremely, ridiculously, almost Botoxily fresh-faced. Even Emma's looking a lot less hair-worn. Watching Jennifer on House at the moment now... Yeah. It's quite amazing. I mean, she's done well for herself. You know, the star of two long-running shows. I'd say once is probably going to wrap after the next season, if it doesn't wrap after this one. They made a point of, in a note of the book, David is reading, Anna Karinia, a tragic romance. Because at this time, of course, David is married. No. Yes. <laughs> he misses you a lot. Trust me, I'm with him like six hours a day. Six hours? Cinderella. You take newborns because I'd love six hours off. Ashley. Mm-hmm. They really did throw a lot of the uh, the fairy tales into this first season. I haven't seen her subsequently. Did they kill her off? I don't think they've used them much. I mean, the baby's great, but we really haven't had time to do the whole getting married thing, so that's been rough, and Sean's been working double shifts at the cannery. Well, he has to work. Romance after the fairy tale ends. He couldn't get out of it. I'm sorry, that sucks. Well, it doesn't have to. I'm sorry, I would be a frequent visitor to this diner. <laughs> It really puts Hooters to shame. I thought in Hooters they actually had the out. No, no. Just very tight t-shirts and shorts. And no bra. Not sure about that. I've never felt inclined to visit one when I was there, and I won't be going back to America while the current Cheeto-in-Chief is in charge. They're over in the UK as well. So this is Gord's house. Not a location we're really familiar with. Some very nice stained glass though. Not much in the way of home security though, is there? Oh hello, he's got a gun. Does he actually need the stick? Well he's always used it, it's not as if it's just something he carries around with him. Doesn't really look like a home, more of a place to put things that are not in the shop. This would have finished the series off very yeah. quickly if there'd been a bit more trigger happy. Yeah, but I don't think... Is he not the dark one at this point? First time around, that was debatable, if Mr. Gold knew who he was. Yes, but having him shot and not die... Well, it depends how the curse worked. Uh, where, where are you taking me? Let's call it... Your room. <laughs> your room. Yes. A nice comfy... So? <laughs> Uh, a few curtains, a few uh, throw pillows. Lovely. <laughs> oh, God, he's brilliant. She chose to come here. Why is she complaining about the accommodation? Oh, that is a nice shot. I'd say that's actual stock footage of mountains with the castle matted in. Yes. You will serve me my meals, and you will clean the dark castle. Of course, this is one of the main green screen studios. Once Upon a Time made a lot of use of green screens to get the very ornate interiors. Didn't work very well. Got it. Oh, and you will skin the children I hunt for the pelt. That one was a quip. Not serious. The green screen is certainly better than Sanctuary, but not that much so, considering Once Upon a Time is a network show and a much bigger budget. Yeah. My. I'm so sorry, but uh, it's, it's just chipped. Chip? How important does that cut become throughout the six seasons? Yeah. Running theme throughout. Something so simple becomes so important to Rumpel and Gold. Sheriff Spawn, you can go now. I know exactly what was taken and who did it. That really doesn't apply. 
Yes, because she's had so much training being a police officer. Oh, she's had better training. She's been a criminal. <laughs> Hold your turn, gamekeeper. I have a feeling you don't want to be behind bars. Indeed not. She looks better with short hair. There's a lot more hair there. That's not my hair would look like right now if it was straight. Jennifer Morrison, of course, currently at 134 episodes of Once Upon a Time. Okay. I'll go get him, check him out. I'm sure you will, assuming I don't find them. <laughs> Let's just say bad things tend to happen to bad people. Is that a threat? Observation. Good and bad, though. Matter of perspective. Good luck. And you can feel the sincerity just dripping off his tongue. Well, if you have a fetish for women's shoes or ankles, this is your show. Ah, the joys of hanging your curtains and realising you've done it the wrong way and they just won't move now. Why do you spin so much? Because it's fun and very good exercise. They were saying they have a couple of women on set always to prep their spinning wheel. You know, the yarn and everything. Robert actually says it's quite soothing just spinning it and holding the thread. Helps me forget. Forget what? I don't know. I can't remember. I guess it worked. You see, when you've got a woman captive and she actually laughs at something you say, quite genuine laughter as well. Gonna fall over. Probably dangerous. That is extremely dangerous. <laughs> Opening these, it's almost spring, we should let some light in. Bad enough nobody's holding the ladder, now she's leaning out. <sighs> what did you do, nail them down? Yeah. <laughs> you nailed them down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, romance. He looks slightly puzzled. He's like, what? <laughs> How did this happen? He's like the cat that caught the red dot. What the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah. And in fairness, I don't think he's that strong. That was a drop about twice his height. I imagine whatever strength, he's, whatever his magic requires him to have. Yeah. As we know from future episodes, the man himself was not a grand specimen of maleness. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any doubt, even from this one particular scene, that both of them have made an impression on each other. Romance is in the air. You're welcome. You're right, your man Mill ripped you off. Now, what did Morris actually expect to get? There is only one pawn shop in Storybrook. Of course, nobody leaves. Yeah, you'd have thought there'd been some sort of currency or gold or precious jewels or something. You've recovered nothing. There's something missing. I'll get it when I find it. Not if I find them first. They obviously decided after this season to drop the whole sidekick muscle guy. Yeah. Well, it could be the fact that, like I say, at this point, he is playing just the pawnbroker, the loan shark, you know, the guy with the, the shady background, so having some muscle is required. As the story goes along and the secrets are revealed, he doesn't need to hide who he is. Why did you want me here? Place was filthy. This is actually surprisingly probably the most romantic relationship in the show. Far more so than Snow and Charming. Well, Snow and Charming isn't the sort of hot flush of first romance. It's the comfortable love of long-term marriage. I mean, they've been married for, what, a century or something? Well, yes. One gets used to each other. Upstairs, there's uh, clothing, small, as if for a child. Ah, uh, yes. But at this point, you see, we know nothing. Are we John Snow? Or was there a son? Robert Carlyle, another one of the actors who's done every episode, 134. Obviously, Stargate Universe, Train Spotting 1 and 2, or just Train Spotting and Train Spotting 2. Oh, let's not forget his quite forceful appearance in Cracker. Certainly, where a lot of us probably saw him for the first time. What was that one where he were a stripper? Oh, uh, that was a movie. Yeah. I'm DB to the rescue. The full Monty. So you, you were a man once. An ordinary man. Well, I hesitate to say ordinary. If I'm never going to know another person in my whole life, can't I at least know you? Tempting. Perhaps. Perhaps you just want to learn the monster's weaknesses. It's going to take a while to get over his inbuilt cynicism. You're not a monster. You think you're uglier than you are. That's why you cover all the mirrors up, isn't it? Hmm? I am Sir Gaston. And you, beast, have taken... 
<laughs> That's the way you handle yeah. cold callers. Who is that? Just an old woman selling flowers. A very nice call back to the traditional Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. If you'll have it. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then he gives Belle her fiancé as a rose. Keep it watered, it'll be fine. No, it'll be dead in a week. She's really taken with him. He's smitten, to say the least. You had a life, Belle. Before this. Are we talking Stockholm Syndrome here? I don't think so, no. Pretty sure that Belle wasn't exactly delighted in her situation being, you know, the daughter having to probably marry the Gaston was a rich bloke or anything, but she was expected to marry Gaston and she was doing it just because her father wanted it. That's why it probably helped that she was willing to go with the beast, save her people. So, when you arrived, that was my chance. I always wanted to be brave. Because what's this doing to Gaston? Ooh, that's got <laughs> Let's not speculate. Speculate how much shorter you might be if you was thrown back. <laughs> what if you do, don't ruin that middle bit. Well, uh, I did want to see the world. That's it, Belle. Polish that table, give it a bit of a buffing. Not sure who's manipulating who here. I did save my village. And what about your, uh, betrothal? Yeah. Ah, there we go. Do some people believe that arranged marriages are better because if you get married in the first flood of passion, then it can only fade? Yeah. To me, love is... Love is layered. Love is a... a mystery to be uncovered. Love is a journey. Yeah. I could never truly give my heart to someone as superficial as he. We didn't see much of Gaston, but he did look a bit like a peacock. All show, no substance. But, um, you were going to tell me about your son. I'll tell you what. Dodging the question. I'll make you a deal. Go to town and fetch me some straw. When you return, I'll share my tale. Well, that's a, that's a good offer. Out you go. I trust you. I just realised something. You haven't put subtitles on this. On subtitles, turn on. I expect I'll never see you again. Rolling the dice. You'll either win or lose. Oh, the girls are out. I am. This is the first night out since I've had the baby. I'm making up for lost time. Snow White, Cinderella, and Red Riding Hood. Getting sloshed. Put it this way: if this was all cosplay, you'd be you'd be just pretty much fainting right now. <laughs> I've seen better cosplays. And the drunker girls in them. <laughs> I got a lot of fun. Yeah, Ruby's not shy. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> She's right. He is always working. I thought love would be different. Me too. Jennifer Goodwin plays Mary Margaret, aka Snow White. You know, if this were set earlier, he'd be in the video store. Two Valentines. Yeah, you really shouldn't be buying two Valentines. It's not good. Oh, no, I, I just couldn't decide. And neither of them very good, to be honest with you. Well, they're supposed to be tacky and fun laden. Well, they're... Yeah, but he's supposed to be madly in love with one and married to the other. Well, you're fortunate you're someone that loves you. I really am. Love. Yeah. <laughs> Rome. Doesn't really bode well, does it? <laughs> that should be on a watcher list of uh, probably FBI is. or local police. <laughs> Bosch did mention it in season three when he's brewing something. That was Sneezy, of course, one of the uh, seven dwarves. Make their own appearance in the show as the seasons go on. I've got to admit, that's a rather disturbing image with gold at the wheel of that van. Very disturbing. Oh, Morris, you should have got out of town, if that had been possible. Okay, does that cabin look exactly the same one that General Landry stayed in? Uh, possibly. I'm sure it is. Walk! I was wondering if we overpowered someone about twice his side. Well, he is gold. And because he's got a gun. That could be it as well. Ah, cock's done. You see, here's the thing. I don't normally let people get away. Interesting that he's doing it himself. He's not using his man to do it. 
This is personal. Run for your life, the queen. This is certainly one of the things I really enjoy about the show. The difference between Regina and the evil queen. Rather brought out a lot in season five and six. Did my carriage splash you? And surprisingly, remarkable lack of cleavage yeah. for the queen. You know, I'm tired of riding. Let me stretch my legs and walk with you for a spell. Why? They had planned to film Belle in the carriage with the Queen. Then they realised that the carriage is too small. Yeah, too small. <laughs> Getting Belle and the Queen and the camera. <laughs> the question is master or lover? Whoa there, steady on. Oh, master and lover. Belle, at the very least, should be blushing about this because she should be a clean and pure young woman. Whereas the Queen, not so much. Yeah, I'm sure there was a stable boy or two. You love your employer. But you're leaving him. Oh, why, why did they have a castle in the village? Why did they have a castle? Didn't Bell's dad have a castle? Or at least a manor? Something evil has taken root in him. Sounds like a curse to me. You've watched this show enough to know that the writers take certain liberties to tell a story. A kiss born of true love would do it. Oh, child, no. I would never suggest a young woman to... Kiss a man who held her captive? <laughs> kind of message is that? Hope you're listening, kids. Right. Besides, if he loves you, he would have let you go. And if he doesn't love you, well then, the kiss won't even work. Nah, the great thing about the Evil Queen, she's always got an angle. Even when she's being helpful. Especially when she's being helpful. She's got more angles than that bloody uh, crystal at the end of Zardos. <laughs> an ordinary man. True love's kiss will break any curse. I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss And a prince I'm hoping comes with this Well, Rumpel is no prince, but the intent is there. Is this pre or post him training her? Post. This is years afterwards. Good. He's standing at the window waiting for her to come back. Yeah. Wondering, is she going to come back, or now I've got to appear nonchalant? I wasn't waiting up for you, honest. I'm happy that you're leaning forward at that cleavage, yeah? Who wouldn't be? Now, that's fairly clearly matted in, isn't it? Yeah. You can almost see a little glowing line drawn around. Did I? Mm-hmm. There you go, Rumpel. She'll never forget. I have a friend who's that tactile. Probably why she told me she was gay 12 seconds after we met. <laughs> Normally, a woman comes up and puts her hands on your thigh like that, like she just did to Rumpel. You know, you're going to read something into it unless you know different. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what she told me. Nice to avoid those awkward situations anyway. You've loved no one, and no one has loved you. Aww. I assume his wife did at some point. Uh, at some point. Although, you know, being raised in a small village, you probably knew who you were going to marry years before. And he just was expected of you. Uh -huh. Let me change my mind. Now this would be such a nice moment. It's not though. Not when it was in engineered by the Queen. Not a stretch to assume this is the first time Rumpel has been kissed as Rumpel, and not by a young woman of negotiable affection. Look at him, he's changing, he's changing. Wow, that's a kiss, that is. Kiss me again, it, it's working. What is it? Any curse can be broken. Who told you that? Who knows that? I don't, I don't know. She heard. She. 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 <laughs> she. She. There's the fleece from Jason and the Argonaut. The mirror. We learn a lot about mirrors. You turned her against me. You think you can make me weak? You think you can defeat me? Who are you talking to? The Queen! Your friend, the Queen! <laughs> the Queen! The Queen! The Queen? I knew this was a trick. I knew you could never care for me. Oh, yeah. You're working for her. This upcoming scene where he actually manhandles Belle, Robert was saying very worried about how much he was hurting her because he was gripping her arm very tightly. This means it's true love. Shut the hell up! Why won't you believe me? Because no one, no 
I could ever, ever love me! And there you are. That sums up Rumpel very well. He doesn't love himself, why can anybody love him? And his history is, is of people leaving him. Pretty definitive action taken by Rumpel in his rage. Okay. Now, is that moonlight? No, it's probably an arc light outside. Well, that is fascinating. Truly fascinating. Yeah, from that angle, the light does look a little too artificial. Look at the pressure Rumpel's putting on that cane. It's actually bending. I'm not sure how that's possible. Oh <laughs> Let him talk. Would <laughs> you put a force behind you? He's going to tell me who told you to take it. Do you understand the rules? Good. Let's begin. Oh, you are in for a world of pain. I needed that van. Now you see, that is not a good for sentence. Oh, oh. Listen. <laughs> Tell me where it is. Stop. Tell me where it is. No, you think yeah. he's, he's that down so he can use his cane as a blunt instrument? Now this is an interesting reflection on what we're seeing with Rumpel, isn't it? Yeah. You shut her up. You had her love. And you shut her up. Oh dear. She's gone. She's gone forever. She's not coming back. And it's your fault, not mine. You are her father. And remember, this is family entertainment. They edited these segments so strongly to try to make it as violent as possible without upsetting children. It's your fault. It's your fault. That you see the key to Rumpel. He's living with guilt, the likes of which nobody else in this show can understand, and it drives everything he's done. Mm -hmm. And the beauty shop. It's like the set designer set on Babylon 5. You don't look at your budget and say, I've got this set and this set and this set. You gotta look at what props are spending how much time on screen, and that's what you spend your money on. Yeah. Girls' night's really working out for you. Thought it would make me feel better. The flip side of Cinderella. <laughs> always at work, she's left alone, kid to raise, and even when she gets a girls' night out, she's sitting and <laughs> being miserable with Snow White. Do you remember the <laughs> scene with Jerry and Angela? I think it was the Garina? Yeah, when they went out with Nobby's girlfriend. Yeah. I get it. Loving someone you can't be with. It's a terrible, terrible burden. Oh God, misery is contagious. You know what? This is a bad idea. I should, I should go home. Ashley. Sean. Yeah, maybe this is one it. He got those flowers cheap. Yeah, he did. They were thrown off the back of a lorry. <laughs> and blood red. I had to see you. And ask you something. Hey, up. Not in a nightclub. By the way, where is this nightclub? I don't think we ever see it again. It's remarkable how many little little stores and shops and watering spots there are in this little town. I only have a 20 minute break, so um, any time now. No pressure, Cinders. Yes. <laughs> with the, uh, that design, with the stained glass panel, that says more English pub than nightclub to me. My truck's outside if you want to take a ride before I head back to work. It's not much of a date. It's the best date. Dude, you've only got 20 minutes. This is going to be a quickie. Then your carriage awaits. Here's the thing. Is he now going to pass the blood alcohol test, considering that her breath is probably about 60% proof? <laughs> oh, misery's me. Hang on. I know uh, Red is going to come back from the bathroom, so we go, you've abandoned me. I don't think Red has ever had any problem getting company. How's girls' night? David? She sounds as if she hasn't seen him for months, not just a few hours. What are you doing here? I knew you'd be here. I believe they call it stalking. That envelope was not sealed when he pulled it out of his jacket. Yep. Wait for it. Check up on me? Maybe a little. Then once you find it, somebody else. Okay, creepy. Like you? Three, two, 
One. Catherine, I woof you. Oh dear. So sorry. Oh, that is ridiculously amateur. Oh, I meant this one. <laughs> oh, that is as painful to watch. I, I, I always thought that if two people were supposed to be together, they'd find a way. But David, if this is our way. You would have been better off not getting a card and just telling her what you feel. This storyline, I recall not enjoying it one bit. Although, to be honest, Snow White and Charming, I've never been overly keen on either of the characters. You're right. You know, I've always considered them secondary to Emma and the Queen and Rumpel. Well, they are supposed to be secondary to the Queen. I mean, like, they do get episodes, but it's a bit like episodes of Stargate with the other guys. Although I did like the sleeping curse when one of them's awake and yeah. the other one's asleep. I thought that was highly entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's not over where I'm watching. And the two depart, walking in opposite directions. Very symbolic. So I heard you managed not to break anything he needs. You're lucky, Mr. Gold. You got a funny definition of lucky? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still assault and kidnapping. He should be in chains. He stole. That reaction was about more than taking a few trinkets. You said something about how he hurt her? What happened to her? Yes, which makes you think he knows who he is. He has memories of his other self. You really don't want to cooperate. Look, we're done here. Actually. This is gold being cooperative. Yeah. You're under arrest. Oh, here we go. He's going to use the stick if he's handcuffed. So she's not handcuffing him from behind them. Which you should do. Now that dress very deliberately matches her eyes. And there's even green light coming in to highlight it further. So, what are you going to do to me? Considering she's in a dungeon, she does look pretty spectacular. Yeah, she's actually <laughs> covered in glitter. <laughs> well, that's probably come off rumble. Yeah. I don't want you anymore, dearie. Yes. That's a studio with bat life, isn't it? I suppose on the positive side, he's actually letting her go. He's not going to keep her prisoner. But then again, we know what this is all about, and this is where Bell lays down the truth. Is there a contrast there? You were freeing yourself. You could have had happiness if you just believed that someone could want you. I mean, he's in darkness, and she's in light. Well, that pretty much mirrors their relationship, doesn't it? All through the series. Yeah, it does. But again, it's not something you know it was first time through. I assume you rewatched this. Yes, I did. And no matter how thick you make your skin, that doesn't change. I'm not a coward, dearie. It's quite simple, really. My power means more to me than you. And there's their entire relationship summed up in a single sentence. No, it doesn't. You tell him. You just don't think I can love you. Yeah, but the ups and downs would go with these pair. Yeah. You get hopeful. And you're going to regret it. Forever. All you have is an empty heart. And a chip to come. Yeah, you keep hoping he'll redeem himself. Oh, that's it. Even in this current season, you know, it's still there. There's been no resolution as of yet. Did they know where they were going with this? Because I've seen interviews with the guys in Arrow, and they're at the point where they're having to look back at what they did in flashback in season one, so they don't screw up. <laughs> I don't mind if it's all planned out or they make it up, as long as it makes sense. Internally consistent. Yeah, no, you won't. Unlike BSG 2005. When the day comes that I make my request, it'll be for more than half a sandwich. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of things happen in that jail cell over the years. Oh, of course, at this point, the the sheriff of Storybook is dead, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Henry. It's only appearance in this episode. Yeah. He's actually a kid there. In the current season, he's definitely a teenager. The voice is broken and everything. Yeah, it's come a long way, isn't it? You know, Regina actually gives Emma permission to spend some time with a biological child. Yeah, rather than vice versa. Yeah. Wow. You really wanted 
got a little chat, didn't you? Apparently, this is the only way I could do it. Please, sit. Oh, this is beautiful. Uh-huh. Robert said in the commentary, you get a performance between two actors when they trust each other. They're not trying to outdo each other. They're comfortable performing against each other, and it just mm-hmm. goes smoother still. And you get all that underlying threat and nastiness without any cheese or over-the-top acting. Uh-huh. So, you did put him up to it then? I merely suggested that strong men take what they need. Oh, yeah, and you told them just exactly what to take, didn't you? We used to know each other so well, Mr. Gold. Has it really come down to this? It seems it has, yeah. You can picture this as Rush and Young. Yep. What is it you want? I want you to answer one question. And answer it simply. Okay. What's your name? (laughs) It's Mr. Gold. Yeah, right. Your real name. Every moment I've spent on this earth, that's been my name. Yeah. But what about moments spent elsewhere? Yeah, laden with double meaning, that. Too right. She's not going to fall for that. What are you asking me? I mean, is he stringing her along, or is he just right now realising himself? Your name. I do remember this moment. Oh, here we go. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Very well, dearie. Rumpelstiltskin. What Regina expected, but not what she wanted. Now give me what I want. Such hostility. Oh, yeah. It's a good job those bars are there. Yeah. Over this. Ooh, don't be so eager. Such a sentimental little keepsake. Thank you. Your Majesty. It's very unlike Rumpel. I mean, his desperation to get hold of that cup is kind of proving how important it is to him. A weakness. Or a representation of a weakness. Now that we've been honest with each other, let's remember how things used to be, shall we? And don't let these bars fool you, dear. I'm the one with the power around here. Ah, yes, the good old days. Of which we see a great deal of in the flashbacks over the future seasons. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. <laughs> mm. I don't know what it says about me, but Regina, beautiful woman. The Queen, incredibly sexy, beautiful woman. I wouldn't grab that too tightly, it's fairly fine China. Rumpel, back at his spinning wheel. A little bit of leisure activity and uh, bulking up the bank balance. Ah, here we are. The Queen I can appreciate. And a little bit of flesh on display. To be fair, this is this is one show where the costume department really deserves any awards they win. Yeah. You know, they're not simply copying from what was. Uh, Rumpel always looks incredible. Mm-hmm. The Queen is outrageously spectacular. Even when she's being coy. Yeah. You can keep trying, dearie. You're never gonna beat me. Rumpel may be her teacher, may have enormous amounts of power, but the fact is the Queen did walk into his home, uninvited. That says a lot. The balance of power has probably changed over the years. He probably taught her a little too much. Well. Oh, yeah, because he turned him into a... (laughs) Right. I'm pretty sure the Queen knew her name. She was just kind of twisting the knife a little there. You can rest assured I had nothing to do with that tragedy. Oh, that's piqued his interest. When somebody denies any responsibility for something you're not even aware of, you're being set up. What tragedy? You don't know? (laughs) Well, after she got home, her fiancé had gone missing. And after her stay here... Her association with you. No one would want her, of course. Her father shunned her. Of course, this is playing into Rumpel's psyche. He actually believes this is what would happen. He just can't even imagine anything else. 
He was cruel to her. He locked her in a tower and sent in clerics to cleanse her soul with scourges and flame. After a while, she threw herself off the tower. Ow. She died. You nasty piece of work. You're lying. Am I? I can't imagine any rumple pass about mid-season 2 would be this easy to fill. No. He doesn't know, does he? It's a shame the contacts look a bit too obvious in the real close-up shots. Yeah. Fine. I have other calls to make. Yes, must be going. People won't terrorise themselves. The place is looking dusty, Rumpel. Ooh, you... Ooh. You should get a new girl. Okay, there was no need for that. <laughs> oh, dear me. Still, wonderfully evil. Gotta love her. And if you don't, she'll make you. And dressing like she does, I'm pretty sure she can be very persuasive. And judging from Rumpel's reaction, the Queen scored. She made her point with this visit. No, no, don't break everything again. Suppose he just waved his hand and fixed it. Oh, hi. Yeah, who needs the chalice? Pride of place, a chip china teacup. Rumpel in tears. And that was a nice piece of music as well. Oh, the basement of the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> There's Morris. <laughs> he is alive anyway. The Queen can't help but admire her work. Everything that happens in Storybrooke is at her hands, ultimately. Until a certain person came to town. You might recognise the nurse, Ingrid Torrance. She does it, and then yeah. Another actress from Stargate. A little homage to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Nurse's uniform is very similar. Pretty. Well, I know how hard you work. No, that was an interesting exchange. Many layers in their relationship. Not ever. This is obviously some sort of secure medical facility. And I can remember watching this thinking, where's this going? Who has she got down here? It should have been obvious. Of course, in fairness, this prison cell has housed many. That's a stronger homage to one over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one cell, and it is a cell. Yeah. Oh, that grin. And there's Belle. Yep. So Regina, as soon as you cast a curse, must have grabbed Belle right there and then. Mm-hmm. Just on the off chance against Gold. Nasty piece of work. But you want a villain that you can hate and enjoy watching. Once upon a time, has got two of them. <laughs> when they come into conflict, you know, it just goes off the chart. I have to admit, I always prefer Grumpel. I consider Carlyle to be unsurpassed in this or pretty much anything I've seen him in. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything I've been disappointed with. Although, truth be told, I wasn't, you know, when he was doing most of his British TV work, the shows he was doing. That's because I didn't watch much British TV, and I still don't. A little bit of information on the director and the writer of this episode. Jane Esmondson wrote the episode. She's so far written 26 episodes of Once Upon a Time. Also written for Husbands, Torchwood, Battlestar Galactica, Buffy, Angel, Firefly, and Deep Space Nine. Milan Chelov, the director. Five episodes of Once Upon a Time. He's also worked on Scorpion, Bones, Dexter, Chuck, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Castle 24 and Prison Break. And that was Skin Deep, a very entertaining, rumple, gold-centric episode. Although that early in the first season they were mixing things up. First introduction to Belle and the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale. Twisted, of course, for this show. Everything's twisted. I remember when Elsa popped that is still probably my favourite scene of this entire show when she first came through the portal and you saw her walking away. I was giddy. <laughs> I just went, yes! Because you knew what they were building up to. But when everything iced over, and of course it was right off the back of the frozen hoopla with the movie and everything. Okay then, folks, that was Skin Deep. Thank you very much for joining us for this supplemental episode of Gatecast. Bonus. A bonus feature, yes. You want to quickly give out your... Twitter? I'm giving everything. We have fanonfirecast.co.uk is the website. Uh, there's an option to leave a voicemail there. Steve's gone a bit mad with plugins. When will we see content? Uh, probably before this is released. Uh, I intend, since I've got the gathering edited, all I have to do is literally put the podcast together and upload the damn thing. 
should be seeing content, I would hope, before the 12th of May. <laughs> but we have recorded three. I've just edited one 90-minute episode. Yeah, Babylon 5 cast. That's the word Babylon, the number 5, and the word cast. That is at Babylon 5 cast for Twitter and Babylon5cast.gmail.com. We also have feedback at Babylon5cast.co.uk and I think info at Babylon5cast.co.uk. I don't have everything to hand. I'll have to record a separate thing and a promo. Yep. Thanks for that, Alan. Looking forward to adding a new Babylon 5 podcast to my iTunes feed. Contact information for this show has been amended, though. Our previous information is still valid, as the hosting for gatecast.co.uk is still ongoing, so the website and RSS feeds remain intact. However, I would like to start promoting the new archive site, so the primary website will be stargatearchives.com, and our email address will be stargatearchives at gmail.com. There are no plans to change our Twitter name or Facebook and Google Plus sites, but that could change depending upon how much new content we create. Our next show will probably be the discussion between Brad and myself about the final cut version of Children of the Gods, which we recorded a few days ago. But for now, we'd love some feedback on the new website, and of course, the new site has its own RSS feed, which is now on iTunes. So, hey, maybe a prize for the first iTunes review. Just search for Stargate Archives on iTunes. Hope you enjoy this and any other new content we release, and continue enjoying Stargate SG-1, Atlantis, Universe, Infinity, and the excellent novels and the various fan-created content. Thank you very much for joining us for Skin Deep. Until whatever next time brings, thank you, Alan, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.